Welcome to the Women's Circle Podcast. I'm Leela Strong, garden witch, modern-day priestess, community creator, and steward of the long-lost art of connection. May you leave this episode feeling resourced, reflective, and ready to make magic. Each episode, we will explore a topic for reflection that can be taken to the group setting of Women's Circle and Community Circle or explored solo. For guidance on how to find or create your own Women's Circle, take a peek at my earlier episodes. Women's Circle Podcast is a trans-inclusive, LGBTQIA intersectional space that celebrates and honors the path of all the women who find this work. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the Women's Circle podcast, and I am so pleased to be together again to chat and inspire. I hope you are liking the episode so far. I would love to hear your feedback. For today's episode, I'm going to do a little bit more of a deep dive on facilitation, what I'm thinking about in preparation for facilitation, how to navigate obstacles personally and interpersonally, and how to continue and sustain your work even in the face of a slow pace, of uncertainty, of all of these things that can get in the way and influence how we are creating this offering for people. And even if you're not necessarily thinking about getting into facilitation, I think there are still some really wonderful gems here in this episode for personal reflection, for navigating the world around you, even in relationship with friends, family, co-worker. These are tools and models and frameworks that I take into my daily life. It doesn't just stay in women's circle. It definitely bleeds out into the rest of my life. First, I'm going to begin with the preparation phase. You are getting ready to facilitate and really this can be in preparation for your first time facilitating or at any point in in your path on facilitation. Some of these are things that I continue to contemplate all the time. So it is an ongoing journey. One thing that I encountered really deeply personally when I was preparing to facilitate was that I had to do some reconciliation between my past self, my past actions, and what I am bringing today into Women's Circle in 2024. Specifically... It is so interesting to come into this women's space. I love working with women. I love my friendships. And also, I have not always been a good friend. I have been a pretty bad friend before. And not just once. I have a history of really challenging friendships that I, I was not able to navigate, I wasn't able to 
be grounded and committed and loving and present in those friendships and ultimately they couldn't continue and this was really a pattern for me all through middle school, high school, into my early 20s and it was really the decision to do Women's Circle made me realize that being a good friend for me was something that I had to study and learn how to do. I hadn't naturally picked up these skills. I didn't learn them in school. I didn't learn them in community. And I had a lot of room to grow. And so when I first felt this longing and this call to hold women's circles, there was a huge part of my heart and my mind that said, well, what makes you qualified? What gives you the right when you've been such a crummy friend in the past? And I had to sit with that and recognize that both of these truths can exist. I have both been a pretty bad friend and I'm right now a pretty good friend. These two things can exist simultaneously without breaking the system. And part of what I bring into my friendships today is the recognition that I have walked a path of friendship very unskillfully in the past. And my mindset now is that I am always trying to do better. I am always trying to grow. I am trying to honor my friends and care for them deeply and be committed and do what I say I'm going to do. And it's a learning process. It's not perfect. Just because I've been hosting and facilitating women's circles for four years doesn't mean that I don't still make friend friendship mistakes. These things do happen. And my commitment to staying in contact with reality is recognizing that I'm fallible and I will continue to make these mistakes. And my work is simply to do my best to do better and to be better. So that is a really specific example of the way that my past is influencing my facilitation today. But I think this can apply to many, many realms. Maybe you feel that you're not necessarily extroverted. Maybe you don't see yourself as having a good history of community engagement and organization. Maybe you still have icky, hard, complicated feelings about being in relationship and in friendships with other women. These are all things that you can bring to your circle with awareness and, and still facilitate and still have it be a really, really beautiful space. Whatever it is from your past that you're bringing to circle, whatever things that are challenging for you, things that you're working through, one of the frameworks that I keep in my mind is that progress trumps perfection. We're really thinking in the mindset of continuing on 
To make progress is more important than to be perfect because the truth is it is impossible to be perfect. And this is another one of my ongoing, really painful life lessons it is around perfection. I am a total perfectionist. I, I never used to identify as a perfectionist. And just this fall, I took an amazing an amazing online workshop with Britta Green-Violet called Becoming Prolific, and I'll link her work there. She's wonderful. But part of her workshop helped me realize that I'm absolutely a perfectionist overachiever, which means that I feel so deeply that I must do everything right every single time, and that Though I believe there's lots of room for other people to grow and make mistakes, I don't extend that same grace to myself. So between my relationship to perfectionism and my relationship to my past, those were some of the shadow aspects of myself that I bring into my circle. It influences the way that I facilitate. It influences the way that I interact with the folks who come and sit with me. And it's something that I have to keep an eye on because unchecked, it can really rule my life in an ugly way, in a way that is not really aligned with the mission of this work. So as you embark on this initial journey in becoming a facilitator, or even if you're already facilitating, it's so good to check back in with these questions. Here, here are some questions for you that are things that I reflect on pretty often and are very useful for me as a growing facilitator. So ask yourself, what am I bringing from my past into the circle work I do? Take a really honest look at this. What are you bringing from your past into all of your circle work? What aspects of my past experiences with friends and community may have a positive or a negative impact on the circles that I am facilitating? Again, we're just trying to dig into past relationships. Where are you coming from? We're not unhistoried blank pages when we come into facilitation. We are human people that have lived lives and we've loved and we've been hurt and all of that colors how we facilitate. Another wonderful question is what are some of my personal growth goals in becoming a facilitator or as I continue on the facilitation path? As I mentioned before, one of my overarching themes and goals and strivings is, is towards becoming less of a perfectionist and less of an overachiever. That is my personal medicine that I am trying to integrate right now. So dig in there. What are some of your personal growth goals? Because you will grow through this process. It is inevitable. You will be challenged. You will look at things that, you know, maybe you would have preferred to keep in the shadows because it's easier that way. One of the things that I keep in mind when doing this shadowy exploration is that to know 
all of your shadows, all of your icky, yucky, dark, scary stuff is also to know your strengths and your light. You can't have one without the other. These are a paired set for eternity. So to know all of your shadows is to also know what your light and what your gifts are. I'm a perfectionist and it also makes me very conscientious and detail-oriented. You know, there is often a beneficial side to all of these more challenging aspects of ourself. So that is the sort of first layer of inquiry that I'm inviting you into when you are beginning to facilitate. Now let's get into starting your facilitation. So we're in it, we are hosting circles, and these are some things that come up for me. All of this, of course, is through the lens of my own experience. So if this doesn't ring a bell for you, if it doesn't resonate, feel free to just ignore it. That is completely fine. I'm here to offer my experience in the hope that some of what I say will be an aha or an oh yeah moment for you. So I grew up with horses, horse girl here, and one of the things that we were always taught is that the horse can really read your state of being. If you are nervous, your horse will be nervous. If you are scared, your horse will be scared. If you don't believe in yourself, let me tell you that horse will not believe in you either. <laughs> and while we human beings are not in fact horses, I do think that there is a lot of overlap in this truth that we are really sensory creatures and the presence and the energy that you bring into your facilitation is going to be picked up by the participants of your circle. If you come in feeling really scattered and scared and, and nervous, they're going to sense that and they're going to reflect it back to you. They will get nervous. They will get scared. So one of the things that I really tried to do, and I spoke about this a little bit in episode two on how to run your women's circle, is that I really do my best to make even five minutes for myself before circle starts to get grounded, to breathe, to sing, to move my body, to do something to help me get my feet on the ground and my mind back to the present moment out of organization and planning and all of this chatter that fills up my mind in preparation for these circles. But here's the thing, even sometimes when I make my best effort to ground myself and to be peaceful, there are times that I come into my circle feeling off-center and that is totally natural. We, as I said before, we are not perfect. We are not blank slates or robots or emotionless creatures. So it is 
impossible to always bring a totally neutral self into your circle space. And, and we wouldn't want to either. Neutrality is really not the magical mission of this work. So let's talk about what happens if you are feeling off of your center. You're feeling nervous, you're feeling scared, you're feeling bent out of shape in some way because, because this happens. This happened recently in one of my circles. I came in feeling full of self-doubt, feeling really unsure of myself. You know, after years of facilitation, this still happens sometimes. I was... I was off balance and not feeling good and and it reflected in my facilitation. So one of the tools that I like to use is uh, it, it comes by way of spiritual psychology. I took a very short mini course on spiritual psychology a couple of years ago, and sadly, I can't even reference this toolbox, but if any of you recognize it, let me know, and I'll reference it out in the show notes. But this tool is for recognizing and claiming and reframing your emotional mindset, and we'll use the example of the feeling of nervousness. When I am feeling nervous, I try to ground into my body first, taking a couple really big breaths just to get my body to relax a little bit. And then I am going to try to identify this emotion. What am I feeling? I'm feeling nervous. Maybe I'm feeling a little bit scared. And in this spiritual psychology lens, they invite you to try and think about what is the purpose of this emotion? You know, all of our emotions have this old purpose. It was for something at some point, maybe as a child, maybe longer ago in our ancestral history. But every emotion that we feel has a utilitarian purpose. So I'm looking at my nervousness and I'm saying, okay, what is this nervousness trying to do for me? What is it trying to help me with? What's it trying to protect me from? And for me, I think my nervousness really comes from a desire to protect me from rejection, from the newness of an experience and and new experiences can be unsafe. The nervousness is really trying to keep me aware of my surroundings and skeptical, I think, a little bit skeptical, looking at things with a critical eye. So this is, for me, my nervousness original purpose. This is what it is trying to do for me. It's trying to protect me from the harm of a new situation. So now I've identified this job that my nervousness is trying to achieve and I can say okay wow thank you thank you so much for for trying to help me and to protect me but you know what I am actually totally safe in this situation I am here of my own volition I am in fact really passionate about what I'm here for so let's imagine a new job for this nervousness And nervousness is a great one to reassign a job to because my friend Courtney told me this and 
I haven't fact-checked it, but I'll tell it to you too. Uh, and she said that nervousness and excitement feel almost identical in the body. And it's all about the mindset that you bring to it that is going to change your experience. So I may look at my nervousness and say, okay, wonderful. I see you're here. You're ready to work. Let's clock you in as excitement. Let's get excited. Let's get so hyped that we are about to facilitate women's circle. We are about to see some beloved friends, some new future friends. We're going to meditate. We're going to sing. We're going to breathe and it's going to be beautiful. Let's get excited. So that is a reframing tool that has helped me in the past. I've used this for probably five years at this point and it doesn't work seamlessly every single time. There really is no such thing as a solution that works every single time you do it, but there is such thing as tools that work sometimes. So this is a recognize greet and reframe tool for these hard emotions that you may find useful when you're coming into circle and not feeling 100%. So another tool I have for you in case, you know, that doesn't work, maybe your emotions are really, really big and they just can't be ignored or reassigned. Well, I don't want you to ever ignore your emotions. We will have future episodes on listening to the body and my greatest priority at all times is to listen to the wisdom of my body because it tells me so much. So scratch that. Please don't ignore your emotions. They're very important. But if you're not able to redirect that energy, one of the things that I want to give you permission to do is to ask for help. Okay, the last circle that that I was just mentioning where I came in feeling so just disenchanted with myself. I was so unimpressed with myself. I really felt like I was doing a bad job. It it was totally the perfectionism rearing its ugly head. And I came to this point in circle and we had kind of flown through some of our activities and I just could not think of what to do next. It felt impossible to me and I felt this anxiety rising in my body and this desire to cry of just like, why me? This is so hard. And in that moment, I realized, oh, wow, you know what? I can ask for help. And that is what I did. I asked one of my other circle attendants who comes really, really often, who I really trust and respect and love. I asked her if she had any ideas for what we could do next, and she did. And she introduced it, and she facilitated it, and it gave me this opportunity to just relax and have a moment to allow my body to feel safe again. So when you're really, really feeling the pressure because sometimes facilitation can feel like a lot of pressure. Know that you can absolutely ask for help. It is a beautiful thing to do. It is going to show the circle that you sit with that you are not 
the sole reigning force of of direction in this circle. So those are my my two main tips for you on encountering your body, encountering your experience when you're facilitating. And here are some questions for you to reflect on for this portion. How can you prepare a grounded and peaceful state of mind before hosting a circle? What are your rituals and habits that you like to do to help your body and mind settle? And what tools do you have when destabilizing feelings arise during facilitation? Maybe you use these tools that I've mentioned. Maybe you have other tools that you've discovered or learned or been introduced by friends or your therapist. Those are all beautiful ways to re-regulate the body. The next portion of this discussion has to do with the ongoing work and the impact of your work. So how we continue on this path, how we stay connected to the purpose of what we're doing, and how we navigate and and encounter challenges that arise as this work matures in yourself and in your group. I have been reading, rereading and reading Emergent Strategies by Adrian Marie Brown. If you haven't read this book, please, please go out and buy it immediately. This is a beautiful body of work describing a way of interacting in community and in organizations that is so lovely and powerful. Adrienne Marie Brown is able to articulate so many of these thoughts and feelings and theories that I've had through facilitation and running Women's Circle, and her book just lays it out beautifully. So I wanted to start out with a quote from her about facilitation. So she writes, at its most fundamental, facilitation is the art of making things easy, making things easier for humans to work together and get things done. I love this quote because it highlights the fact that it's not the facilitator's job to change people, to change the world, to do anything other than to lay the groundwork. We are the hard workers in the garden who are laying down the cobblestone pathway for easier passage. And it is up to our participants whether or not they want to walk that pathway. And that is something that I try to hold really close to my heart because it can feel really, really hard and really disheartening when the people that you are working with often are not receiving the work in the way that you expected them to. And we'll get a little bit more into expectations in a minute. But if you create this offering, it's so heartfelt, and then maybe people don't use it, or they use it for a little while, and then they kind of lose interest, it can feel like, what am I even doing here? 
What is the point of this work? And that bridges perfectly into one of the components of emergent strategies, which is viewing all of the work that we do, the organizational work, the community work, through the lens of fractals. So if you're not familiar with fractals, you actually are because they appear everywhere in nature. Fractals are patterns that repeat infinitely. So on the micro scale to the macro scale, places that you can see fractals are in the way that seeds are packed in the head of a sunflower in that spiraling, that ongoing spiraling pattern. It is reflected in the golden ratio Fibonacci sequence. You can see it in the coil of seashells. It is in the distribution of little leaves on cactuses. So it's, it's everywhere in nature. And the idea behind fractals as a framework for the work that we do is that even the very smallest, at the very base level, even the smallest action, mindset, offering, whatever it is, even at the smallest level, it is impacting everything around it. It is sending out a ripple effect, right? When we toss a rock into a pond, it is at first just a small impact, one small area, but then it ripples out possibly to the entire surface of that pond. And that is how I try to view my work. And it starts with me, right? I am the smallest version of my impact. The way that I view the world, the way that I live my life is the tiniest version of this fractal. Adrian Marie Brown talks about this idea in her book when she quotes Grace Lee Boggs, who said, transform yourself to transform the world. This doesn't mean to get lost in the self, but rather to see your own lives and work and relationships as a front line, a first place, we can practice justice, liberation, and alignment with each other and the planet. So when your work feels small, when it feels like nobody's getting it, and it, it doesn't feel like it has a purpose or an impact, know that all things start small, and that is where we go from. We are leading by example. If I am aligned and truthful in my own life and I bring that into my circles, that is going to impact somebody, whether or not you can see it, whether or not these friends and strangers come to you and say, wow, this thing that you said, it changed my life. Even if no one ever says that to you, it doesn't mean that your work isn't having an impact because it really is. So here are some questions you can ask yourself when you're thinking about this ongoing work of facilitation. 
How can you honor the unseen and unfelt impacts of your work? How can you still feel proud even when there's no proof? What expectations are you bringing into facilitation around how your offerings will be received or used or integrated? This is a question that scares me because I have so many expectations. And every day I have to work to dismantle them because this comes back to everything that I've spoken about in this episode that really we are laying down this work at the altar of the world. And it is not for us to say how that work will be used. It is a total surrender to the divine, to the goddess, to God, to spirit, to the unknowable universe, whatever it is that you believe in. You are offering this at their altar with total surrender. That is all I have for you today. I have pondered so deeply many of these things and there will certainly be future episodes diving deeper and deeper into all of these topics. I will also certainly be talking more about Emergent Strategies by Adrienne Marie Brown because this book is changing my life. It is validating my experience. It is all of the things. So lots more in the future about her work. So to connect, (laughs) you already know, but you can also find me via email now. I have recently uh, gotten a new email. Yay! <laughs> More inboxes for me. I am excited. And you can email me directly at womenscirclepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Seriously, please send me your questions. Send me your inquiries and your experiences and all of your inspirations, the art, the music, all of the things that you are doing. I want to hear from you. I am so excited to be connecting through this work. And as always, I am wishing you all of the sweetest, coziest things in this winter season, and I'm looking forward to being together again soon. This has been the Women's Circle Podcast with Leela Strong. To connect, you can find me on Instagram at the Women's Circle Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing. This will help get the show out to all the wonderful people in need of connection and community. Until next time, may you find magic all around.